Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E.
shelter in the time of storm. Be thou our helper ever near, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of sunshine let's stand up please and everyone take part singing out heartily and as you sing through the first time give a good long beach welcome turn around and shake hands with as many as possible all together now and sing right out as you're shaking hands heavenly number of service men here today. Fellas, I'd like to have you sing out for us, will you? I'll hum in the background with you if you'll sing Heavenly Sunshine. We'd all love to hear you. Come on, all the service men right here in front. Mm-hmm. Sing it up. Lift her up. Well, fine. Give my hand, everyone. That's wonderful. Now, everybody, right this way and really lift it up on Heavenly Sunshine. Heavenly Sunshine, Heavenly Sunshine, I my soul with glory divine. Happy to have so many of you here today at the broadcast of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. For as you know, your letters and prayers make this soul-saving ministry possible. These past 27 years of continuous broadcasting are a witness to the faithfulness of many of you to God and to His work. Remember our mailing address is... Old Fashioned Revival Hour, 700 Locust Street, Pasadena, California, 91101. And now, right after that splendid number, A Shelter in the Time of Storm, the chorus is going to sing Footprints of Jesus, one of my favorites, too, with the little old-fashioned organ, the parlor organ, accompanying the chorus. Thank <laughs> you. 
Mrs. Fuller with the letters. Honey, go right ahead. They're waiting for you. <laughs> Greetings, friends. Did you hear your serviceman sing this morning? We have 35 or 50 servicemen here. Seems to me most of them are Christians. Most of them know heavenly sunshine. I can see one young man smiling up at me because his fiancée is listening. She hears him sing once in a while from here, and I think that's very nice. Don't you? Dear Mr. Fuller, we are dairy farmers here in Washington, and my husband and I, and even our children, are inspired by the program. Not only the messages, but the fine music. Two years ago, a man recommended your program to us, and we became enthusiastic listeners and have been in the audience ever since. This is the first time that we have ever written you, though I've often felt that I should. Do keep up the good work, giving us the bread of life. From New Zealand comes a good letter of real love for the hour. We have many listeners there. From Minnesota, dear Dr. Fuller, in our old people's home here in Minneapolis, we have one little Czechoslovakian lady who doesn't speak much English, but she waits patiently for your program each week. And if something happens to interfere, she feels so lost and disappointed not to hear it. There are so many shut-ins who look forward to the hour each week, and especially in the old folks' homes. And here is a letter from, well, I don't know where it comes from, a dear Reverend Fuller. Our family of seven, four boys and three girls, have been rocked from babyhood, not to the tune of Rockabye Baby, but to the tune of Heavenly Sunshine. And it is the first song our children learn. We do pray that the Lord will call them into his service, and that each one will live for his glory. I feel you, Dr. Fuller, have had a large interest in this group of ours because it was through your ministry that my husband was born again, and certainly we couldn't have had such a wonderful Christian home without his faithful stand for Christ. A mother cannot make it complete alone. That was from Hillsboro, Ohio. And then this letter is also from Ohio. It's rather amusing. Dear Pastor Fuller, he makes some comments about how much he enjoys the hour and about the music. And then he said, I noticed in today's service, however, that when it came time to read the letters, it was Mrs. Fuller instead of the usual honey, which gave me something to think about. As we have been married 44 years, and I have found myself at times a little sour at the edges. And so we've been praying that everything will be as sweet as usual before next Sabbath. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that man need not worry. I suppose Mr. Fuller just wanted to vary the wording of the introduction a little. Or maybe he felt just a little bit formal, which is quite unusual for him. But there wasn't any trouble, I can assure you of that. 
And I can say with all truthfulness that Mr. Fuller never is disagreeable or unkind. And that's a wonderful tribute. And Dan could testify to that if he were here. And Dan is very like his father, an even kindly disposition. So Ruth is very fortunate indeed, as I have been all through these years. And then this last letter, I'll read rather hurriedly. We're a bit behind schedule. Before you read that, I want to be sure that I appreciate that very much. And you're the same. Just so you make me a good shortcake now, it'll be all right. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, you had one on Friday, a strawberry shortcake. (laughs) This last letter is from a sailor at sea. Dear Reverend and Mrs. Fuller, it is my earnest prayer that many Christians may heed your call for help, for it would break my heart to hear that you had to discontinue even one station. I was saved at the Long Beach service on December the 3rd, 1950. I was a lone sailor who had no friends in California, and that's one of the reasons why I came to the auditorium that Sunday. Since then, I have been many places, but never alone anymore. Since I have found Christ on that Sunday, I've never been alone or lonesome Christ is real to me. And then he goes on to ask prayer for an unsaved father. I think that's a lovely, lovely letter. And that is all I shall have time for today, friends. May we stand, please, and sing two verses of number 55 on your song sheet. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. standing. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this rock of ages, Thy beloved Son, that there is a hiding place in His wounded side under the cleansing fountain of the shed blood. We thank Thee today as never before that the blood of Jesus Christ, Thy Son, cleanses from all sin, and whosoever shall call upon His name shall be saved. And today we pray that the Holy Spirit may not only enlighten the eyes of those who are already saved, but may the eyes of those that are now blinded by Satan, the God of this age, be open to the glorious gospel of Christ, and hundreds and hundreds be saved today. We pray for the homes where the servicemen are out, 
in the front or away from home, and especially we pray for the servicemen today, that thou wilt keep them in the hollow of thy hand and guard them in these hours of danger and trial. And then for the faithful warriors, missionaries of the cross, many imprisoned, suffering untold tortures, away lonely, may thy peace, the peace that passes all understanding, be their unusual measure today. And may Christ, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, come back someday soon and speak peace to the warring nation. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Our Lord is leading us to glory, oh so wonderful is he, wonderful is he, wonderful is he, wonderful is he who leads us lovingly, oh wonderful, wonderful, wonderful is he. Silver, not gold, 
You are listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled, The Gospel of Power. I'll return after Dr. Fuller's message to tell you how you can get in touch with us here at the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 15, as we rejoin the broadcast. strengthening and heart-satisfying gospel music for Rudy Atwood at the piano and George Broadbent at the organ and Mr. Green, the leader of this splendid chorus choir and the quartet boys. God bless you. Turn your, in your Bibles, please, to the sixth chapter of Ephesians again. Be speaking especially upon verse 15, and may we sit in heavenly places and be fed upon the heavenly manna. Put on the whole armor the whole panoply of God that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 11 of that chapter, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that is, in the realm of the physical and material, the things which are seen, but our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of thoughts or reasonings, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In our previous broadcasts, we have considered the following pieces of God's armor or panoply, the girdle or military belt of truth, the breastplate or the coat of mail of righteousness. And now today we consider the third piece of our armor stated in Ephesians 6.15 as follows, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. One of the most important pieces of a soldier's equipment for warfare is his shoes. Foot soldiers well equipped, especially well shod, well fitted with proper foot gear, are essential basic requirements in warfare. Good, well-made, and durable, and well-fitting boots play an important role in the soldier's life. The soldiers will be called upon to prolong and exacting service for days of long, heavy tramps upon miry roads and the marshy grounds, the damp trenches, or the hot, sharp sands of the desert terrain. And in Paul's day, the Roman soldier, they were given very careful consideration in regard to their equipment, especially in reference to their footgear. The enemies of those days made a practice of inserting a multitude of sharp sticks on the surface of the roads, sticks keen as a dagger point, so placed to obstruct the advance of their foe. And the Roman soldier was well shod to meet these dagger points placed on the road. His feet were defended against the hidden perils which might impair him or injure him, and thus spoil him for service and for battle. And so in the realm of the spiritual, the believer as a good soldier should be well equipped to have their feet shod with God's provided equipment. For there are long marches ahead, difficult and trying roads and bypasses to be encountered and endured. Sharp, flinty rocks will be found underfoot. Steaming jungles are ahead, and the dry and hot desert sands are also in store. And so you, fellow believer, fellow soldier, you need God's provided shoes if you are to be a good soldier, a successful soldier in the great spiritual warfare against the devil and his vast host of spiritual wickedness in high places. What kind of shoes, then, are at our disposal as soldiers of Jesus Christ? The answer is found in Ephesians 6.15, and it's on this verse by God's Holy Spirit we will meditate. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Therefore, may we consider this verse in some detail. First, may we find the meaning of the word preparation. We may understand this word if we may be permitted to put it this way. Be prepared, be shod with the gospel of peace. Or better still, may we use the word readiness. Your feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Let me enlarge and illustrate. You have heard the gospel, the glad tidings, the good news of peace, that Christ died for your sins. You have heard, according to Romans 5, that if you believe by faith, you'll be justified by faith and have peace with God. This good news of reconciliation has entered your heart. You have passed from death unto life eternal and become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Lest this glorious good news should inspire you to tell others, inspire you with a readiness, a readiness to take the road to go and tell others the good news of salvation which fills and floods your heart. The gospel of Jesus Christ puts a goal into your feet, a readiness to go where he, the shepherd of your soul, may lead to tell others of the good news. Look over the long list of consecrated missionaries, if you please. I haven't time, but just to mention Hudson Taylor, who left England and went to China for years, with a readiness of the gospel of peace, 
Peyton that went down to the New Hebrides, living among the headhunters, in danger of death at every moment, with a readiness to give the gospel of peace. And then there's Livingston that went into the heart and to the heat of the jungles of Africa with a readiness to preach the gospel of peace, to carry that gospel to countless thousands. Now an illustration from the Word of God. In the days of Isaiah, centuries ago, God's people were in exile, sitting in the cold, dark shadow of oppression, longing for freedom and home, but wait. As the days went on and the hours and the months rolled on, over the hard mountain trails and dusty roads came messengers, swift of foot, well-shod messengers, bringing the glad tidings of emancipation. And when the suffering exiles see and hear these messengers, they break forth into a wonderful song. Listen, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth glad tidings of God that publishes salvation, that saith to Zion, Thy God reigneth. Break forth into joy and sing together. And they did in the hours of oppression just on the threshold of emancipation. How beautiful are the feet, now notice it, upon the mount of him that bringeth glad tidings. These messengers of old, were quick to respond to carry comfort to a desolate and distressed. Listen to me, young people. Today, over a billion people sit in darkness, desolate, oppressed, without hope, without God, without Christ, no prospects of peace. And the messengers are few. Where, oh, where are the messengers equipped with readiness who feel the compelling goal to carry the gospel of peace to a needy world. Oh, how God needs soldiers of Jesus Christ, well-shod and equipped soldiers, shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Not some new political system, not some movement by men or group of men, not some new political party. What they need above everything else is the gospel of peace. Soldiers, where are you? To go forth to give the knowledge of salvation unto the people by the remission of their sin? To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide their feet in the way of peace? I'm so glad that many years ago God called me out of business in line for a good position and line for a good salary and all of that. As I look back today, I'm so glad that I was obedient to God's call. The great heart satisfaction. And I tried to keep paramount and above everything else this one thing, to preach the gospel of peace and the gospel of salvation unto everyone that believes. How beautiful. Upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. And I say to you today, seated by your radio out in the radio audience, messengers are needed as never before, desperately needed. Where are the young men and the young women willing to forsake all and go out with this marvelous gospel? Who will be willing like Paul and say, I am ready to preach the gospel to you at Rome or any other place. In Acts the 8th chapter, we find Philip the evangelist, his feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And according to the 8th chapter of Acts, here's the setting. 
He was in the city of Samaria with a very successful evangelistic meeting, preaching Christ, and there was great joy in that city. But wait, down on the lonely desert road down towards Ethiopia, sat a needy soul in darkness. And we read these words, listen carefully. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Leave your fine meeting at Samaria, where the whole city was being stirred. I have need of you down on the desert road, Philip. And he arose and went, behold, a man of Ethiopia, one of the in authority under the queen of Ethiopians who had a charge of all of her treasures and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near, join thyself to his chariot. Now notice, and Philip ran his feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? He said, How can I except some man should guide me? He desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shears. So opened he not his mouth, Isaiah 53. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet, this of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. And they went on their way, and they came to certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Away, Philip. And the eunuch saw him no more. Brother, are you in readiness? Do you have a compelling urge to get the gospel out? And I say to you, lukewarm church member, unless you have a vision of getting the gospel out, there's something wrong with your spiritual life. I say that. I've seen it so many times. Notice in conclusion, and I must close, just getting started. Shod with the gospel of peace. Now listen to me carefully. Man by nature is a sinner in open rebellion against God without peace. For the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. And all have sinned and you're included. But wait. The Lord Jesus left the glory above coming to this earth, born of a virgin, taking upon himself the form of sinful flesh, later going to Calvary's cross, and there he bore your sins and my sins in his own body on the tree. He died in your stead and in my stead. And now Christ is our peace. We're made nigh by the blood of Christ. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace, sweet peace, the gift. Of God's love. And I say to you, after 27 and a half years of preaching over the radio, that the world needs to hear the gospel as never before. They need to hear this gospel of peace. And I say today in closing, where, oh where, 
Are the soldiers shod with the readiness to carry this gospel of peace? I'm wondering how many in this audience here at Long Beach and out over the air will say today, right now, Brother Fuller, I'm saved. I'm ready. I present my body as a living sacrifice. For how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings. May we stand, please, everyone, not one person leaving the building. With bowed heads now, this great audience here in Long Beach, you bow with us out over the radio, and it's not one soul leaving the building, please. Ushers, close the doors. Not one soul stirring until I give the invitation. And as the chorus choir sings just as I am and you humming or sing in the background, how many young people especially will come out of the balconies and out of this audience up to the front and say by coming, I'm a Christian, but I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice today to be ready for God to equip me with the readiness of the gospel of Christ and I give myself into his care and into his keeping for him to show me his path. Who will be the first to come forward while our heads are bowed and present himself or herself as a living sacrifice. Stand right here in front of the pulpit. Who will be the first to come down the aisles as we're singing just as I am? God bless you, sailor lad. Face me right here. Anyone else? Another sailor lad coming. God bless you. Come on, young people. God needs you, and he needs soldiers. Full enlist. Anyone else? God bless you. Here comes a man, another man here. Come on out of the balconies, enlisting for God's army to say, I want to be ready to preach wherever or to do whatever God wants me to do. Is there another one to come? God bless you, another sailor lad. Here comes a soldier boy. God bless you. Here comes another sailor lad. Oh, this is a great sight here at Long Beach today. God bless you, my dear man. Come and face me here and we'll have a prayer of dedication in a moment. Anyone else? Here comes another young man. Come on, young people, I plead with you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice today for God to use you. And when you come to the end of life's journey, look back. It'll be a great satisfaction that you've done God's will and proved his good and acceptable and perfect will. Is there another one to come while we're singing and bowed in prayer? Where are you? This day, son, this day, give me thine heart. Will you come? These boys are bowed in prayer here in front of me in the pulpit here at the Long Beach Municipal Auditorium. Anyone out in the radio audience, kneel where you are and give your body as a living sacrifice and write us that we might pray for you and encourage you. Enlist in God's army. And now, just before we close here, this blessed service in Long Beach, how many will come out and say by coming to the front and be seated in the front row, I need Christ as my personal Savior and I want to accept him today. Will you? God bless you, lady. God bless you. Anyone come right down the aisle wanting Christ as their personal Savior, come right now while we're bowed in prayer. Are there any here today 
will just step out and come down the aisle and give your heart to Christ and say, I need him as my personal Savior. I want to be remembered in a word of prayer. Where are you? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Anyone else to come to the front? Giving your heart to Christ for salvation. Personal workers are here to help you. God bless you, sailor lad. God bless you back there. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over. We'll have an extended altar service. Up in the balconies to my left, anyone up there needing Christ, save by the uplifted hand, pray for me. Yes, in the balconies to the rear, anyone up there? God bless you, sailor lad, coming here for salvation. Way up at the top there, God bless you, laddie, way up there in the back row. Up in the balcony to my right, anyone put up his or her hand and say, pray for me. I need Christ as my personal Savior. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we stand on holy ground today. We thank Thee for these visible results here in Long Beach. These splendid young men and women who are dedicating themselves and their lives into Thy keeping with a prayer upon their heart that they may be shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Take them today, guide them gently. Savior, like a shepherd, lead them. And may Christ always be a shelter in the time of storm. And may they keep near the cross, ever looking unto Jesus and the author and the finish of their faith. May they run with patience the race that is set before them. And Heavenly Father, when the books of eternity are open, may we see hundreds and hundreds of souls saved, because these here, now standing in thy presence, are willing, ready, to preach the gospel of peace. And then for those that are coming to accept Christ as their personal Savior, may they rest upon thus saith the Lord, and have the assurance of, that they've passed from death unto life. For we ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Continue in prayer, will you please, quietly while we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.